Hi, welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em. We'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. You know who you are, wink. Today we'll be discussing Wildest Dreams by Kristen Ashley. Finny is always searching for the grandest adventure, so when a witch tells her of a parallel world and offers to help her switch places with the other her, Finny is more than willing to spend the money to make it happen. However, there are some secrets the other her has been keeping, and not all of them are good. Frey Drakkar quickly realizes that his new bride isn't the woman he actually knows. In fact, she's much better. He plots to keep her with him always, but to do that, he'll have to keep her safe. And we do have a content warning for discussion and threats regarding rape, as well as elements of dubious consent in this story. There will be spoilers beyond this point. So Erica, tell me about Finny's story. Okay, so we start out with Finny, uh, which is short for Siofin, and she's having a discussion with her friend Claudia and a witch named Valentine. And Valentine has agreed to transfer Finny to a parallel world where twins exist of everyone in this world, and she'll be switching places with her twin, who is a princess in a kingdom called Lunwin. And her friend Claudia has doubts, but Valentine is very reassuring and Finny agrees to pay a million dollars so she can travel to this other world which seems cheap I mean if you're thinking about it maybe (laughs) I don't know maybe that's the going right oh and it's just for a year yeah so apparently Valentine has been in talks with a witch at in the other world and the other Siofin wants to come to Finny's world and they've made this mutual agreement to transfer for a year and then transfer back. Yeah, the other Siofin is super eager. <laughs> yes. She gets transported to Lunwin and she wakes up in this wonderful room and wonderful dress and wonderful everything, but there's also a pounding at the door and it's her mom. Who's like, you need to go now. Like, we're, we're heading out now. And it turns out that she's getting married that day. Like, that afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Surprise! You're a bride. <laughs> yeah. To a guy who's referred to as the Drakkar, which is, in the old language, the dragon. Yeah, they expressly <laughs> say that. So that way you know, like, you know what she's getting into, but... Finny just kind of doesn't, she's not very good at putting pieces together. She's not a puzzle person. No. So like immediately she's like there, she's like, oh, this is so awesome. I love everything. And then, oh, wait. My dress is pretty. Yay. It's kind of her attitude, which is a little terrifying. Yeah, I'm getting married to this huge, scary guy who would be hot if he weren't so scary. Oh, yeah. She goes into like detail about how terrified she is. And prior, I think it's worth noting that prior to her getting sent there, like the witch actually explains to her, like, yes, these are copies of people that you know, like they look like the people you know, but they're not the people. Right. But Finney just immediately disregards that as soon as she sees a Queen Aurora, who looks like her mom. Right. And King Atticus, who looks like her dad, because she immediately jumps into mom and dad. And I'm the whole time going... No, no, not your parents. Not your parents. Yeah, but we have to remember that the whole reason 
or one of the biggest reasons that Finny wants to go to this parallel world is to see her parents again because her parents died when she was like 15. Yes. Which how is she, how old is she at the start of the book? I think she's in She's like 30. Okay. She does not come across as in her 30s. Not to me. I know. She seems very young. She's a young 30. Real naive. Both both her and, and Frey struck me as naive in different ways. Yeah, now Frey is 36. Yeah, he seems young too. There's certain aspects of his character that I'm like, really, dude? Really? Yeah. A 30, 30-something-year-old dude doesn't put that together? Okay. So she gets whisked to the church and hooked onto her dad's arm and marched down the aisle to the Drakkar. Who she calls... Super freaking scary. Yes. If that's not a recipe for a happy marriage, I don't know what is. She She's an adventurous person. So she's like, all right, you know, I'm going to try to make the best of it. And there's adventure. And then there's like, ooh, there's this hostile guy at the end of this row. Yeah, yeah. I want to be eternally bonded to that dude. Well, it's only a year. Yeah, that's true. She's <laughs> still, I mean, uh, a year can be a lifetime. But she... <laughs> She, uh, the ceremony's like super long and it's in a different language. And so she tries to cozy up to the Drakkar, like make little jokes and stuff. And he just keeps looking at her like, what is your problem? Yeah, she's like five something and he's like six, three-ish and with massive muscular thighs and dirty boots. I love the things that she thinks are important. Anyway, she kind of gives up. The ceremony ends. They kiss. It's an amazing kiss. She kisses him back and she's totally into it. And he pulls away and he gives her this look like, what the hell just happened? Oh, yeah. He's always like growling at her and angry facing her too, which is so comforting. Like he was not expecting this kiss to be that good. And so then he drags her down the aisle. Yep. Because he's a dragon. He's dragging her. Oh, my God. That joke is so bad. They... <laughs> They leave the party like they're supposed to be like this big reception and they leave it and he plops her on her sleigh and hiyahs her horses and then gets on his horse and they just go galloping off because <laughs> you know, for hours. It's the th- thing to do, <laughs> you know, oh, I can't even imagine how much her ass hurt when she got there. They pass town after town. She's freezing. She has to learn on the fly how to drive a sleigh. He doesn't care. Um, eventually they stop. Well, to, in his defense, he thinks she's the other one. Like, he thinks that she's drunk at the wedding. Yeah. Which doesn't really speak well to his character. Where he's like, I'll still marry her if she's drunk. <laughs> I mean, there's reasons for all of this. But still, I mean, yeah, he, he doesn't care that she's drunk. He's not going to help her with the sleigh. But again, in his defense, he thinks that she's the other Seofin who is an accomplished horsewoman and knows how to do these things. Right. So a little a little level of understanding. I'm not very understanding to him, but I'll try. I'm really trying. Right. <laughs> to give you some background on the other Seofin, she's a princess in Lunwin, but she's very, um, they would feel masculine. She wears breeches. She's an accomplished swordswoman. She's an accomplished archer. She's great with horses. Cleans her own deer. Yeah, she's a huntress. She's just basically a total badass. 
and she's a lesbian. She's kind of more interesting than the Seofan we got, to be <laughs> honest. I kind of liked her better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she can do things. Why don't we get her again? Because <laughs> she's a lesbian. Oh, right. That And that's why we think Seofan wanted to leave Lunwen is because she couldn't really be who she wanted to be in her world because while being gay isn't really like a bad thing in her world she's expected to produce an heir Mm -hmm. that's why she's marrying the drakkar they get to a dirty hunting cabin and the drakkar just kind of sets her up in there he like puts her in there gives her a bag of gold he's like there's food here there's stuff for your horses i'll be back in like a month or maybe two yeah, I forget when he promises to be back. He's like, I'll be back at some point. Which, again, he thinks he's leaving the badass there that can take care of herself. Yeah, so she's she's abandoned in this dirty cabin with four horses and her trousseau, which is full of, like, dresses and stuff. Pretty things. <laughs> yeah. So she spends the whole night, like snow whiting the cabin and he even like before he leaves he's like the window's open and it's cold like everyone would know to close a cold window this is creepy he shows up so he abandons her there she cleans everything she fixes everything up she waters her horses she dusts she mops she checks all the food she everything right she lights a fire and then she then she passes out on the couch with the window open with the curtains open and he co- shows up eight hours later with his man Thaddeus. Oh, the creep. And they like oh. snoop on her. They snoop on her and they have like the rapiest conversation because Thaddeus is like, yeah, I don't know if she was my woman. I wouldn't care if she didn't want me and she wanted another chick. I would force myself on her anyway. Yep. That winner Thad, he keeps coming back too. We're, we're not done with him. Yeah. We wish we were, but we're not. But Frey Drakkar doesn't want to be with someone who doesn't want him. Like, that's why he abandons her there, because he thinks she's a lesbian. And he's like, well... He even tells her, you know, when I come back, I'll try to find a chick that looks like you and have a kid with her, and we'll call that your heir. Yeah, he tries to make it work, which... I don't know. There's political, socio-political reasons that he wants this marriage in the first place, which is why he was willing to marry a woman who was gay. Yeah. Because he knew going in. It's not like he was surprised. It's not like it was kept from him. I mean, granted, it was a mistake. Like, she told him she was gay when she was drunk. He went in knowing. Yeah. He and Thaddeus leave on their ship, and six weeks pass, and Finny makes friends with everyone in the local town, and she learns stuff, and she learns how to cook, and she learns how to rough it, and she adopts a cat named Penelope, finds books in her trousseau that the other Seofan left for her about recent history and the gods and the religion and the raiders, which is what Drakkar is. Frey is a a raider, which is kind of like a Viking. Mm-hmm. And Siofen also left her a longer note about how, you know, the reason she wanted to trade places, she just wanted to escape for a year and be who she really is for a year. But she knows that her duty is to provide an heir and that'll be her thing when she gets back. So Finny doesn't have to worry about that. Which makes her a more sympathetic character, I think. But she says if Finny is happy with and wants to stay then she's willing to potentially stay like 
switched. Which is also nice. And so after these six weeks pass and Finney's just ingratiated herself with everyone and she's just wonderful, Frey finds her in a pub playing cards and she's joking around with the guy she's playing cards with and they stop joking and they're like looking behind her and it's one of those classic like movie scenes like, oh, is someone there? And she turns around and it's Frey and he just looks pissed and she feels like this angry energy behind her or scary energy i think she calls it right it's like again he's terrifying which yeah (laughs) fine fine he's scary okay and so he drags her out of the pub and sticks her on her horse he's very physical in that way when he wants his way yeah he's constantly he's constantly picking her up and moving her like she's an object which she is to him (laughs) (laughs) he he just smacks her on her horse and slaps the horse's rump and sends her back to the cabin without the reins in her hand which could have killed her (laughs) yeah and she's mad and she's she sits at the cabin waiting for him to come and so she can confront him but she falls asleep because he goes and gets drunk yeah she wakes up to him drunkenly caressing her and he tells her to cuddle with him or else he's gonna take what's his basically and rape her before like when he's admiring her like before or maybe as he's starting to drunkenly caress her i can't remember he just looks at her and is like waste yes wow thanks buddy yes thanks liking you a whole lot more now yeah he he thinks you know uh why can't she (laughs) like guys and i'm thinking even if she does like guys you're not a good specimen of a guy to like I'm going to make her straddle my thigh. Just because she likes guys doesn't mean she'll like you. Yeah. Anyway, he eventually falls asleep into a drunken stupor. And in the morning, they have a talk, in quotes, at breakfast. And she's like... Yes, after he orders her to cuddle. Yeah. She's like, actually, I'm... That's comfortable. Actually, I'm not a lesbian, but... I want to get to know you better before we have sex. See, I think it's weird of her to say that because at this point, like, I don't think that she would even be remotely contemplating staying beyond her year. So why would she be like, why would she be setting the other Seofin up like that? I don't know. Because she wants to have sex with him. <laughs> it's sort of one of those moments where I'm just like, I mean, you know, you, you know, that's not going to happen. Like you, because, you know, romance fiction, but... Yeah, it seems weird that that's the first thing she tells him. Like, so let me set some things straight. And then the first thing she tells him is, I'm not a lesbian. Yeah. It, it seems like a weird moment to divulge that. Like, that being the first thing, like you said. Yeah, and then not only that, but he's like, oh, cool then. Well, then you must like me, because I am Gaston. <laughs> yeah. That's how I picture him <laughs> in my head. I picture he him as Gaston. Gaston. I get it. No one. <laughs> oh, I get it. Yes. I'm seriously waiting for it in my head for him to burst into this one of the many Gaston oh. songs. Well, the Gaston song. He says, what, you expect me to court you? Like, we're already married, woman. I don't need to court you. I bought this cow. She's like, well, yeah, I'd like to get to know you better. <laughs> and so they bargain down to... Him agreeing to have two meals with her. 
before they have sex. Is it bargaining, really? Because she's like, nine, and he's like, two. She's like, six, and he's like, two. You know, it's not really negotiating or really compromising. It's more like him saying what he wants and she just acquiescing and get ready for that pattern because that will stay consistent through the entire story. Yeah. (laughs) So she agrees to two meals and then she asks him to call her Finny. And he's like, okay, I can call you Finny. (laughs) Um, So they spend the rest of the day together and she starts making like a pro-con list in her head like, well, he's been nice-ish <laughs> since he's been back, but he did abandon me in this cabin for six weeks. I love that. He's nice-ish. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Please, please let me find a man who is nice-ish. <laughs> uh, but she makes him a really nice dinner and they have a discussion about birth control because she does not want to have a baby because... Siofin has told her that that will be her job in a year when she comes back. <laughs> and she's not committed to staying. She's like, I don't know if I really like this guy. Why would I want to have a kid with him if I'm not sure? Frey is like, well, <laughs> we can talk about that later, but we're going to have sex now. We'll just uh, push this topic aside. And he's like, you better go get ready for sex because it's going to happen in like <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> And Finny goes in the bathroom and she like puts on her little negligee because she thinks, you know, men should get what they want on their wedding night too. Yeah. (laughs) She wants to meet Frey's expectations. Why? We're not really sure. Maybe it's because she is afraid of him. I don't know. I think she's just like going with it. She's just like, you know what? I'm just going to run with it. We'll just let it be she is kind of that sort of person to just go with the flow i mean that is her personality really she's just like oh i'm in a magical realm i'll just go with it oh i'm getting married all right i'll get married oh he wants to have sex all right (laughs) yeah even when she starts to put two and two together there's no part of her that thinks oh i know i should run like she knows how to ride a horse no she doesn't try that's the thing that i don't get she doesn't think about it at all She just kind of... Yeah, just lie back and think of England, sweetie. She's pretty reactive, you know? Like, she lets things happen to her, and she just makes the best of it. So she gets ready, she pep talks herself, and she comes out, and they go up to the loft bed, and they start making out, and it's pretty damn good, and he is, like, surprised that she's actually hot for him, because he kind of is thinking she's lying about not being a lesbian, but he realizes she's actually turned on. But then he stops in the middle... Like, before they get to it. And he's like, wait, I heard something. Like, and he's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm not so into it that I can't hear things. Or he has, like, vampire hearing or something. Yeah. I don't know. He's like, I'll be right back. You stay here in bed. <laughs> and she's like, um, okay. So he heads outside. And she's like, well, maybe he's a Viking and has, you know, enemies coming. I should go help him. And she comes downstairs or out of the loft and grabs a knife and follows him which to her credit i feel like is a logical like deduction uh-huh. you know you're in a i don't know what sort of time period this fantasy land is supposed to be i'm guessing medieval-ish sort yeah. of like nice-ish like it's sort of yeah it's like a nice ver- like fantasy medieval not like real medieval so i i think it's a logical assumption to think perhaps there are enemies afoot 
And so she actually gets a knife. Good job. You know, she tries to defend herself. Yeah, well, she's she's going to go help him out, too. Like, she's like, well, maybe he needs help. Which is nice of her. Yeah. But he tells her, no, you can't come with me. They have a message for me. And she's like, well, why can't I come with you? And he goes, because they have a message for me, not you. <laughs> yes. And he takes the knife away. And to which, you know, she is, she uses the words like bummer and... Could you ask if it was cool? Yeah. Which, again, it's one of those moments where I'm like, how old are you? Yeah. And he just <laughs> is like, go back to bed and wait Basically. for Basically. Yes, I've got things to do. You've got things to do in bed by yourself. I'll come back after I talk to the elves. <laughs> Frey goes with the elves to the Adela tree. And it is at the tree that they tell him all about Sierra Finn and Finny and the other world and all of a sudden you know it clicks for him you know oh that's why she was saying things like ticking me off and pissing me off and yes. all that jazz and that's why she is hot for me now and she wasn't before and so yeah that's why she kissed me back exactly and so then his little brain starts working I guess little brain and he thinks, well, you know, she likes me a whole lot better than that other one. Maybe I'll just make it so she can't leave. And so be before, before he leaves to go join her, he actually commands the elves, because he is their commander, yes. to make it possible that she can't actually get switched back. So she's stuck here. Any worrying that she does beyond this point about, oh, no, what if one day I have to go back? It's completely pointless because he's ensured that that won't happen. Right. And the elves are like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that right now? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and they're like, but there might be some fallout from that. Like, maybe... maybe she won't be happy to learn you made that decision without her. And he's like... I don't care. Yeah, no, no, it'll be fine. Uh, I, I, I'm basically king of the world, and I will deal you with know, it. Limited power, God. It's fine. Right. I know everything. It's fine. So while Frey is with the, the elves, they tell him, or they talk a little bit about, because he was destined to marry Siowathin, so that he could have this elf dragon kid. That has been foretold. Oh, and now yes. he, of course, feels entitled to have it. So yes. now that he has a willing yes. Finny, he's not going to give her up for a less than willing. Well, also, they say that Finny is the one with the elf blood in her in her veins. Yes. They say that Siowathin has the white blonde hair because of genetics, but Finny has the white blonde hair because of the elf blood. Finny is your one true love. So it's okay that you're, you know, doing things without her consent. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think the elves actually think that, though. No, that's probably <laughs> unfair of me. The elves are like, hey, dude, you should probably discuss this with her. And he's like, no. <laughs> the elves also tell him that, um... Be a little nicer to her. 
one of the reasons she's here is that her parents died and she wanted to spend time with people who were at least look like her parents, which she got to spend all of five seconds with them because, you know, he had to go whisk her off. Yeah, he just drags her away. Mm -hmm. Because he's a dragon. Sorry. It's terrible. I know. I can't (sighs) stop. He gets back to the cabin (laughs) and Finny's asleep and he wakes her up and tells her to cuddle him and they just fall asleep he doesn't like pursue sexy times after that yeah she's like are we going to and he's like no cuddle her yeah but he's not like cuddle he's like straddle my thigh yeah he's (laughs) no yeah he's cradle is is it cradle or straddle cradle cradle my thigh yeah he's very into the thigh cradling okay yeah whatever you want buddy so um the next morning he's like a different man he's nice to her he calls her wee finny and is patient with her and kind with her and kind of like explains how things work to her in a way like oh well you remember this or as you know this is the case you know which just sounds condescending i don't know like I don't know why he can't just tell her, hey, the jig is up. I know who you are. That doesn't mean you still can't stay. He could have just said, you know, the elves told me that you're not Siofan, you're Finny. And so I'm going to be nicer to you because I realize you're a different person. Yeah. He could have, <laughs> but no, he keeps it to himself because he likes to hoard things like a dragon. So he wants to hold on to the knowledge and keep it just for him. Yeah. And one of the things uh, that he starts out with, like, teaching her, in quotes, is she happens to hear her cat talk, like, words, and she freaks out and thinks her cat's possessed and runs out to where he's chopping wood. And he reminds her that, you know, oh, well, as you know, women can hear some animals and men can hear different animals. Yes, the men get all the predatory and big animals, but the women can hear things like, you know, birds and cats. Yeah, you know, the the feminine animals. And then he says, oh, let's travel back to Lunwyn and you can hang out with your parents and we can go to the Bitter Gales, which is like a ball. And then we can go on my ship. And she's like super jazzed about this. She wants to see her folks, even though they're not really her folks. She's excited about party. She's super excited to be on his ship. And so they go into town to say goodbye to all the townspeople and stuff. And as they're getting ready to leave town, um, they get attacked. Oh, no. (laughs) And Frey and his men just slaughter the attackers. Like, they're just dead. And no one cares. Like, they're just dead. Yeah, because, of course, Frey and his guys are formidable and... These unskilled attackers have no idea what they're doing, which makes you wonder why were they hired? Right. And Frey is like, you know, I think it's your uncle wants to kill you before you can produce an heir. Because come to find out... He's not the only jerk in the land. There's another one. Uncle Baldar. In this world, Finny's dad has a brother named Baldar and their kingdom... In the other world too, but I think that brother died or something and in their kingdom got split up into lunwin and the mid midlands middlelands yes Yes. something like that and 
Baldar is king of the Middlelands and her dad Atticus is king of Lunwyn. And if Finny doesn't have a baby boy, then when Atticus dies, the kingdom will go to Baldar. And so he just wants her to not have a kid. But Finny is freaked out because Frey and his guys just like murdered people. Yeah, I think it's so funny that Frey gets all upset about Baldur because he says he's the worst kind of man. And I think it's kind of funny because the worst kind of man sounds a little bit like Frey. No honor, filled with greed, selfish, grasping, avarice, and underhanded. I'm like, hmm, mirror buddy. (laughs) Yeah, no, Finny is afraid of him at this point and he like goes to comfort her and she's like, no, don't touch me. You're scary. And he's like, what happened? Like, why is it different now? And she goes, you killed two guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he gives her this whole speech. Like, I'm going to read part of it. It's like, it is a measure of a man, any man, be he married to a pub wench or a princess, how he cares for his bride. I am a drakkar. My measure is different than any man's. And there are many faucets to that. But one of them explains why I turn away without a thought from those whose lifeblood seeps into the snow, those who moved with intent to harm my bride, and I won't think of them ever. I will only turn my mind to how I can best care for my bride, and that now includes undermining any threat that may loom for you, and I vow to you, my princess, if it means my own life, this will not happen. And she's like, swoon. (laughs) Yes, she swoons for him. Everything's better now. So they get back to her palace and her parents are there and immediately Frey like sends her off with her four handmaidens and grabs her parents and like, hey, I need to talk to you. Yeah, he basically wants to lay down the law with them and explain like, guess what? She's not your daughter. She's this other Finny or other Seofin actually, but we're not going to tell her. I will decide when she gets to know really great Mm -hmm. and aurora takes this moment to blame atticus for how he raised seofin which was like a boy which i felt like was a little uh really of course it's second or it's brought up before actually when um frey and seofin were talking about the potential of kids and he's just like well if we have any daughters she's not gonna hunt or learn sword play or any of those things it's like, right why can't she oh seriously right it's kind of it's kind of gross that they imply that it's atticus's fault that she's gay yeah i mean that's basically what they're doing right they're like yeah. well you treated her like a boy and now she likes girls it's your fault yep yep you're the you're the reason that this whole thing went to pot buddy which is which is bull disgusting yes But he also explains to the parents that, no, no, it's okay, because Finny is the true ice bride. She will provide me with the elf dragon air. She's got the blood that I need. It's all good, which is ugh. Yes. And they're like, well, does she know that you know? And he's like, no, and you're not going to tell her. Yeah, it's this like, what, what, what is the word I'm looking for? Oh, yeah, maybe a little bit underhanded. He threatens them. He threatens them. He says, you know what? If any harm comes to her at all, I'm going to call my dragons down here and they're going to destroy your palace. Which I think is a little bit overkill. Like, do we have to bring the dragons into this? 
Because basically he's also implying I could take the throne if I really want to. I'm doing you a favor by marrying your not daughter. Well, first your daughter. Now your not daughter. I could just take this because I'm actually entitled to this throne because of backstory and history. And I'm I'm an aristocrat. That's another thing. Like, what is his deal? He is entitled to be the head of his house, but he's like, no. He could be the king of the land, but he's like, no. But he'll be the leader behind the scenes and basically tell the king what to do. I don't know. It's just It's very like the alpha man's burden. It's just, it's, it's like he's given all the responsibility in the world, but oh no, he doesn't want it. He doesn't want all the power and control and the freedom, but he does because... Nobody else can have it. He won't let them. He doesn't want to give it up. And the story backs him up. Like, he gets to be right about everything and control everything, and the writer lets him. His god lets him. Yes. Oh, yes, and he demands increased protection for Finny. Like, he's like, I'm going to send for my own men and swarm the streets with, with protection. And even Aurora's like, don't you think this is a little bit much... Like, maybe an abusive level of smothering, she kind of implies. And he just doesn't want to hear it. And nobody wants to hear Atticus, who's going, um, well, the other Seofin could protect herself, which is why we didn't have to swarm the whole citadel with guards, because she could, you know, fight yeah. for herself. <laughs> but nobody wants to hear that, because that, that Seofin is inferior. Frey says, this... Finny cannot protect herself, so she needs extra guards. Yes, we basically need a town of guards. So just think of a reason why she would suddenly have guards and make it work. Yes. <sighs> While they're having that conversation, Finny is in the other room with her handmaidens, and they're briefing her on all things Frey. <laughs> and apparently he's extremely viral and good at sexy times and had sex with one of the maids in the palace and fucked her for like three days straight. <laughs> and apparently it was wonderful. Apparently it did it for her. Yes. But Finny is jealous about this. Like that Frey fucked a maid before she was there. Yeah, I don't. Before well, I, they were married. I don't quite understand <laughs> why she's so upset. <laughs> but. I don't think she understands either. <laughs> yeah, I. I. Uh kind of think it's just a little unnecessary drama i mean then yeah well we need a reason to not like this woman viola the maid um you'll learn that a little bit later but yeah this is the reason we don't like her because she has a short torrid history with frey oh one other thing is when frey is talking to the parents they basically all decide that siofin committed treason by yeah. betraying her king and her queen and country and leaving. Yeah, I love how there's just absolutely no sympathy for the the child they raised. Like, they're just like, no, no, she's a traitor. Yeah. We, we don't like her. It's odd because they basically agree, well, okay, we're going to accept Finny as, you know, our daughter and treat her as our daughter and all these things our daughter our real daughter committed treason and if she comes back we're gonna have to kill her for treason like we're gonna have to try her for treason and execute her yeah i honestly can't remember if frey tells them like oh don't worry about it because she can't come back <laughs> i've ensured that that cannot happen yeah i can't remember if he tells her 
but yeah, he's not worried about it. <laughs> no, no, he he doesn't worry about anything because he has all the control. And as he's walking back to see if, or to Finney's room, he even thinks to himself, like, the longer he keeps the secret from her, the more it's like a lie and the less it's like a secret. Yeah, he's aware of what he's doing. He just doesn't care that he's doing it. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to have his plans of potentially getting laid disrupted. Yeah. But he comes back. She's pissy with him. And he's like, what's your deal? And she's like, nothing. <laughs> Eventually, oh, it's always something. she lets him know that she found out about Viola. And she's like, you know, he's all, well, maybe we just won't go down to dinner. And she's all, oh, okay, well, I'll just call my maidservants and order trays brought up. If you're lucky, it'll be Viola. Yeah, she's very passive aggressive about it. I don't really like that. Yeah. And he threatens her. He's mad. Yeah, which is not good for him either. <laughs> yeah, so she's like telling him, you know, I think it was messed up for you to fuck a maid in my house when you were engaged to me, even though he was engaged to Siofen. Which, her. you know, I mean, come to think of it, maybe the other Siofen was fucking maids while she was engaged to him. No, they say she was celibate. Oh, they did? Okay. They Never say mind. that, yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's mostly a secret that she's gay. Oh. Like, Frey knows because she told him. Yeah. I don't even know that her parents know fully. Like, I think they're in denial. They just know that she acts like a boy, and that's bad. Yeah, which is bad. It's bad to act like a boy. Well, at least according to the mother. The father was okay with it, because, you know, he had a kid to go have fun. With yeah. hunting and whatnot. But Frey gives this speech that's just disgusting. Yeah. And I'm going to read this because it's just that disgusting. Yeah, I think I have little vomit things through, <laughs> through some of this. And he part. says, In this land or any other, a nobleman does what he wishes with whom he wishes, without compunction, without shame, and most definitely without question, even if that question came from his wife. What I do, Finny, and who I do it with is none of your concern, be she servant or duchess. I'm explaining this to you patiently, so the next time you learn of something like this, you won't show me the same disrespect you did. <gasps> and she says to him, you left Finny back at the hunting cabin. I'm now Princess Siofin to you. It's your fault that I'm not going to be the way I was with you anymore. And he threatens her. What a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves and ignores her for like weeks. Yeah, he, uh, so when he leaves, he basically says, you know, I'm going to basically go get what, what I need from Viola and then leaves, which we don't know mm -hmm. if he does. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. It's not really cleared up in the story. We just know that like he goes away for a while. Or no, actually, no, they go to the dinner. Yeah, they have this conversation after dinner. Oh, oh, because at dinner, he has Viola serve him personally. Yes. To add insult to injury, get that old good salt on that wound. Mm -hmm. So that goes well. So while he's, he's ignoring her, Finny learns all these other things from her maidservants who all know who she is they know she's not a siofin 
And she learns that, you know, sex isn't a taboo thing and no one's expected to be a virginal and people, you know, start exploring when they're pretty young, like early teens. It's not taboo, but you can't be gay. (laughs) Well, you can be gay unless you're meant to produce an heir. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Oh, I love the thing like after dinner where he's just like, my wife and I are going to retire. Like she has no say in it. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, none. none. And then I think it's once they're up in the bedroom where he's like, I'm going to discover what's under your clothes. And I'm just sitting there thinking, she's naked, dude. Everyone's naked under their clothes. This is where you take these moments and you're like, are you a bit on the naive side? <laughs> Do you not know this? It's the type of thing that would be hot if they had that type of relationship already. Yeah, it's... Ugh. So yeah, he goes through, Frey takes the time to actually tell her, like, I'm the first Frey, whatever the hell that means. I guess it's commander of the elves in like 750 years. And he was declared by some people that are probably irrelevant that he's the Dracar. So basically he's awesome and she should be in awe of him. And she is, yeah. which whatever. Because he actually makes the point, he's a Frey and a Drakkar in one body. And I was just like, how many bodies are you supposed to have? Of course you're in one body. But whatever, we'll leave that be. And he's just, he's so... Yeah, it's a big deal because... He's so powerful. A Frey Frey is born more regularly than a Drakkar. And the Frey commands the elves. The Drakkar commands the dragons. And to have a Frey and a Drakkar both as the same person makes him obscenely powerful. So this is when Finny, if she wasn't able to put it together before, which she kind of isn't, um, puts together that he is the commander of both. And apparently she's surprised to learn that there are dragons. And I don't know why, because she lives in a land of magic and elves. And on their wedding day, they refer to him as the dragon. But this is apparently new information for her. And she is very surprised. And you're just sort of going, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, so then they go down and then he has the ex-lover serve him. Because that's when he gets all haunty. I'm entitled to your body. That kind of thing. I'm entitled to do what I want. So time passes and Finny works on building relationships with her parents. At one point, her mom comes in or Queen Aurora comes into her room and has basically like a talk with her. And she's like, I noticed that you and the Dakar seem to be distant with each other. And she basically is like, you know, this is how things are. Men will do what they will. And if you don't want them to, you need to give it up regularly. Yeah, it's a great little mother-daughter moment. Yeah, she basically (laughs) says... I fuck your dad a lot so he doesn't stray. (laughs) (laughs) And so you should do the same with the Drakkar. (laughs) Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. (laughs) And she decides she will make peace with him based on this conversation with her mom. Because she literally has no choice. She has no power. She has no nothing. No friends. You know, she's got maids, but we see where they fall in the hierarchy. Like... Yeah. She's got how much of her... I mean, her maids are her friends. They are, but they have no power. Kind of. I mean... No. Frey basically considers them kind of the enemy because they tell 
her about Viola. And he's so angry about them. They tell her things that he doesn't want her to know. Yeah. They upset his balance of power. Like, they're the whole reason she knows anything about yeah. him. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. You can't have friends. You particularly can't have female friends that I can't control. Yes. Which I guess the, I mean, the maids are hers. And Viola technically is her employee. So she could have fired Viola. But he yes. talks her out of it. Oh, he doesn't talk her out of it. She... She says something, when they're having that conversation, she says something like, well, maybe I'll just talk to my parents and have them get rid of Viola. And he's like, well, as you know, she's in your employ. And she's like, oh. But then she decides she won't fire her. She'll just have her stationed elsewhere. She's like, well, she has to have a job. And I don't know anything of what that's like because my parents, who are dead, left me with a buttload of money so I didn't have Mm -hmm. to work. But she at least respects the fact that other people work so she doesn't want to fire viola which i guess that makes her nice well she's she's naive but she's not unkind i would say she's a kind person she's just really naive she's really childlike for a 30 year old woman or just in general maybe yeah well she's never really she's never really had to grow up which is so you know strange to me because if she was living on her own it makes me wonder, did, I mean, her parents must have assigned someone to watch over, you know, this alleged fortune and everything, because you don't get the sense that she <laughs> actually could take care of herself. She probably literally had a babysitter. But did they? Because she's able to just blow a million dollars on what everyone in her world thinks is fake? To be fair, that's never really cleared up. So we don't know what her budget would be. And maybe, maybe she True. was, who knows how much money she was left with. It's never really specified. Um, she says something like she, she would like spending a million dollars on this was no big deal, but she wouldn't be able to do it like frequently. Okay. So clearly there's some budget, but she's probably not in charge of it. I just, <laughs> she just doesn't seem that with it although i guess she's able to gamble at cards so maybe that's how she makes her money like in between allowance oh, who knows um distribution she's like i'll go to vegas <sighs> after this conversation with the mom frey comes up to her room and he's like i'm leaving <laughs> i'll be gone another month or so and she's like but what about the bitter gales the party's coming up soon and you were gonna take me and he's like uh is there a reason you want me to take you and she tells him that she changes her mind and she wants to be Finny and not Siofin with him. See, I think I think what Ashley was going for here was like a sexy kind of tension and like maybe a tender moment. I don't know. It just feels like she's caving under the abuse and the bullying. Yeah, I mean, she's she's been told by her mom, hey, this is how marriages work. <laughs> if you want your marriage to work. This is what you Close need to do. Close your eyes and think of Lundwin. And she feels, not only that, but she feels bad. Like, she feels bad that Frey isn't paying attention to her anymore. Because they have that big fight and he leaves and he stopped paying attention to her. Yeah. And she feels like a loss from that. And when he comes back and is telling her, I'm going to go away. Yeah. You know, he's he's giving her space. I mean, maybe it's. Maybe it's not in the best way, but he is giving her space. He's not forcing himself on her. He is giving her space. I just, I dislike that, that point where, you know, there's, there's all that 
that stuff that was happening to her that's getting, you know, the gales are taken away from her and he calls her sea elephant, but she doesn't like it, all of that. And she has this moment to herself where she's like, I did ask for it. And I'm like, wait, what? Anyway, they make up and they finally have sex. Yes. He's he's very, or she, she really appreciates getting called his wee one. Oh. Yes, she likes being his wee finny. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Mm. They have sex and it's wonderful. And then he decides he's actually not going to leave and he's going to take her to the bitter gales after all. <laughs> Amazing. He changes his mind once he gets what he wants. So surprising. <laughs> <sighs> and they have a talk. She's She can tell she's starting to fall for him. And she starts to tell him that she's going to be gone in a year. Like, she starts to tell him where she's from. Yeah, she's confessing. And he stops her. And he's like, and he's like, I already know. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I already know where you're from. Or It's basically his attitude is, I know, and that's all you need to know. Because he doesn't really want to talk about it. Because, of course, he doesn't want to divulge to her, like, I've ensured that you can never leave. So he he's very like, let's just stay in the now, babe. You know, don't worry about the future. Yeah. You know, and to himself, of course, he's saying, I've already seen to it because I'm like God. Yeah, she takes it to me and like, I'm, I'm willing to do this with you. For as long as you'll yes. be here. He's, he, she thinks and that he's just... what he means is you're going to be here yeah, forever. exactly. <laughs> like, she's under the impression like, oh, okay, he's accepted this carefree, you know, attitude or moment or whatever. But no, that's not right. what's going on. And keep in mind, this whole time, she's got the idea in the back of her head. Well, I could potentially stay forever if I wanted to, if I talked to Siofin and she agrees to it. Yeah. You know... So she's got this in the back of her mind as an as an option, but she doesn't realize that she really doesn't have yeah. a choice at this point. Oh, and the other thing is Frey browbeats her over traveling to his world in the first place. He's like, that was reckless. I know. <laughs> it's it makes no sense. Whatever, you a-hole. Yeah. No, you shouldn't you shouldn't take chances with your life. Just hand your I swear to God he's like Satan. It's like, give me your soul. I'll take care of your soul for you. It's a little Satan-y. They go to the Bitter Gales and she wears the colors of Drakkar that her mother decides that she should wear as like a political move. Frey doesn't like her in his colors because he doesn't like his family. And we learn why. Because yep. his parents are jerks. Eirik and Valeria Drakkar are his parents. And they're the heads of his house because he doesn't want to be head of his house. And Eirik is so disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, he is. So, okay. So before we get into disgusting dad, which you can kind of maybe see where Frey gets his disgustingness from. So before they actually head down, like, Siofen, like, goes down the staircase. And of course, Frey's like, oh my god, you're so pretty. <laughs> he says it exactly like that in my head. Anyway. <laughs> Finny tries to play matchmaker. She's like, can't I bring one of my maids with me on the ship? And he's like, no, but, but friend. And he's like, no, no, you know, having another woman aboard will like throw a wrench in, in everything. Cause of course the men will get distracted. No, we can't, we can't have that. And yes. so somehow as a part of this conversation, She's like, well, Jocelyn's really got her eye on Thad. You know, the rapist. 
But of course, Finny doesn't know this. Well, he's not. Or the potential rapist. He's not a rapist. He just has rapey thoughts. Yeah, which is comforting. (laughs) So comforting. So lucky Jocelyn, she's going to get set up with potentially rapey Thad. It's a thought crime. Well, but she wants it, so it's okay. Oh, yes, of course. It won't be rape with them. Because she wants to. Uh, Hopefully. Hopefully she won't change her mind. Ugh. I don't know. I think these guys, they talk a big talk. They're like, I'm the man. I have all the power. I could take from you what I want. But then they never actually do. Must they? Because especially if you don't have the rest of the character development to know that they won't, then it's sort of just hanging in the air that they might. And that's... uh... Yeah, it's gross. (laughs) And speaking of rapey... (laughs) Great segue. Let's talk about Eirik. (laughs) Who is really inappropriate with Finny, kisses her neck when he meets her and tells her, you know, oh, he dragged you away to fuck you so quickly. We didn't get our dance after your wedding that ends in a kiss. And Frey's like, um, you've already kissed her more than I want you to. (laughs) More than Finny probably (laughs) wants him to, too. But it doesn't matter what Finny wants. That is true. I forget that rule. Silly me. (laughs) Thoughts are for men. And, oh, he's he's gross. Sorry, and that's terrible. Valeria is also gross, but not as rapey. Like she's just gross in a different way. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't want to rape her, but she does refer to to Finny as Frey's belonging, which she's kind of not wrong. Yeah, she's like, oh, good, she's wearing our colors. Yes. And then we also meet cousin Franca. Yes, we meet Franca, who has heard through the grapevine that. Siofin is a lesbian and kind of comes on to her a little bit. Yeah, I like Franca. I think she's cool. Finny sets her straight. She's like, um, no, actually, Frey and I are super <laughs> duper happy. And Franca's like, oh, well, that's good for you. You know, and I don't really have a problem with Franca. She comes off kind of slimy. And I think the author kind of paints her a little bit like she's supposed to be slutty. Yeah. But I don't think that's bad, especially in this world where sex is apparently fine. Like, free love, unless you're supposed to have an heir. Not to mention, like, what's wrong with her wanting to get laid? I don't know. It just... Yeah. But Finny judges her for how she's dressed. She's wearing a very revealing top with uh, extremely deep cleavage. If memory serves, I think because this is a series, this is... um... Wildest Dreams is the first book in the Fantasyland series. I believe the fifth book actually has Franca as the female protagonist. Yes. Perhaps. Yes. So we get get more Franca. I will look forward to that. And I don't don't dislike Franca. I just, I feel like we're supposed to dislike Franca. Oh, I agree. I think, I don't think she's painted in a particularly great light. Like, especially when you learn a short time later that she has a brother named Christian that sort of is in charge of her money that she manipulates. You know, she apparently, I guess, was blessed with the looks and the smarts and Christian was not blessed with either. In this world, I'm not really clear that women necessarily or female characters can assert any kind of control over their lives. So I give, you know... Not too harsh a judgment. Like, yeah, she may manipulate him, but what other option does she have if she's in a world where that is her only avenue for control over her life? I agree. It's very it's very Game of Thrones and that women have control in the way they're able to manipulate yes. men. Because that's really what F- Finny has to do with, with Frey. 
Like, she can't overpower him. She can't outreason him. Yes. And he doesn't, even if she could, he would just be like, no, no, this is how I want it. And she would just be literally forced to acquiesce. So uh, the only way that she can, uh, I don't know, get any sense of her own agency and autonomy is almost to use her manipulations, her tears and And sex, things like that, to try to be treated like a person, which is... Even if it's like a child, at least it's human. It's really irritating. No, there's there's a nice deep thread of misogyny throughout this book. <laughs> Massaged misogyny. It's been massaged yes. in. Um, at the ball or at the bitter gales, there's a poisoning attempt. So as Franca and Finny are talking, Viola comes over and serves them drinks. And Freya grabs them and wants to toast Finny, Finny's happiness. Finny doesn't take a drink. She puts it down. She gets distracted. And then later, someone else takes a drink from that cup and dies. An elderly woman. Yeah. Yes. Frey immediately, like, grabs Finny, grabs his guy, sends her off, decides he doesn't trust anyone, not even her parents, not even her maidservants, no one. And they torture Viola to find out what she knows. And yeah. Yay for Viola. But after all that, and we're not supposed to feel bad for Viola because he fucked her and Finny didn't like it. Yes, we're not supposed to have any sympathy for the hardworking Viola who thought, maybe this aristocrat likes me. Oh, no, maybe not. Viola did nothing wrong up until the point that she decided, oh, I'll join in on the plot to murder Finny. That's the only thing that she does wrong. And even then you kind of feel like maybe she's a pawn in it. Yeah, and they even bring up in the story that it is kind of Frey's fault. <laughs> well, they got to make him feel guilty because he's kind of... Like, he kind of you know. led her on. He led Viola on and then rebuffed her. And so maybe that's why she agreed to this plot in the first place. Yeah, maybe if he didn't give her the good lovins, she wouldn't have fallen so hard for him. And then, I don't know, felt compelled to poison Finny. Yes, his dick was that awesome. Yes. <laughs> They whisk, he whisks her away to his ship and they head off to the ship, the Finny. Yes, they head off to the Middlelands to uh, rescue a relic from Baldur's son, Broderick, who's Finny's, Sioa Finn's cousin. Uh, while they're on the ship, she learns the ship is called the Finny. He renamed it after her. We meet the cabin boy, Skylar, who's very cute. Yes, he's awkward and young and aw. He's 11 and he has. He had an abusive mom and Frey kind of rescued him from his situation. And so Skylar really looks up to Frey, but is afraid of women. And it makes sense. And they, we meet Kel, who's sexist. And it's like the only thing a woman's good for is sex. Which is kind of the attitude in the whole book, really. He's just the one who voices it. <laughs> She befriends like the rest of his crew and all his men and they teach her all sorts of things. So she continues to learn archery. She starts to learn knife work. They were going to teach her sword work, but they couldn't find a sword that was light enough for her to use. And so she starts to learn some skills so she can kind of better pretend to be the other Seofin, but also to yes. protect herself, which is good. And Frey has that creepy moment where he says, oh yeah, go put your britches on so all my men can want to fuck you. Which is... <laughs> yeah. Frey, for some reason, thinks that every man on the ship, like, wants Finny. 
And, you know, every night they go to bed and jerk off over Finny. Which, even if they did, why would he tell her that? Why would, does he think she wants to know that? I, I don't know. It's gross. I mean, it's like, okay, I, I can kind of get the fantasy, oh, the person I'm with is so desirable. Other people desire them. And that makes me feel special. You know, like I kind of get that part of it. That's understandable, but it's taken to like a, yeah, yeah. It's like he's telling her that they're jerking off to her wearing her trousers and she goes, well, maybe I shouldn't wear pants anymore. I should go back to dresses and he's all no, because then I won't (laughs) get to see you in your trousers and I get to actually fuck Uh, you. I feel like I turned into Lurch with this book. Just, (laughs) I can't do a good Lurch groan unfortunately yeah and she somehow manages after this conversation to still have like a normal friendship type relationship with his guys (laughs) yeah like she it doesn't color how she acts with them at all maybe she just assumed it already so it's just like okay well it's just confirming what i already knew it's fine I mean, okay, let's say I went out to dinner with my guy and some of his friends, and I thought they were really nice. And then we go home, and he says, yeah, I could tell my friends really want to get in your pants. And I would be like, um, no. And he'd be like, yeah, I know they are. And then I would be expected to go out to dinner with them again and pretend nothing happened, like that I don't know this now. You can't unknow things like that. (laughs) Like... I, I don't think I'd want to be as no, friendly with wouldn't. them as I was before. No, you wouldn't. Like, <laughs> you'd be, your guard would be up because you wouldn't. No, yeah, no. No, no. Yeah, I, I don't see that being a thing. Like, But apparently it is for Finny. She just grabs the bull by the horns and rides on. That's why he likes her. <laughs> uh... While she has some time in, in the cabin with her things... She finds that her maids have left her the sexy time tea. Oh, yes. The sexy time tea. Let's not forget that. The Adela tea. Yes, the elven tea from that Adela tree, which is rare, I guess. That's actually right after. Okay, this is right after the conversation I think he has with her about the, <laughs> about the pants. Of course it is. He's like, go back to the cabin because we have plans, you know, and she's like, ooh. And she like finds the tea and she makes it for him and her to drink together and it's this powerful aphrodisiac and when he comes in she's already had her half and she's you know super frisky and he's like what has gotten into you i like it you know and then he sees that she's had some of the tea and he recognizes what it is and he's all are you sure about this because this is pretty intense And he drinks it and makes her promise that she really trusts him. And then they have amazing aphrodisiac Good for them. We also learn that she found birth control. Yes. Because her maids got her some. So they gave her some special powder that she's supposed to mix with a drink and have it every day. And it helps prevent her from getting pregnant. And she doesn't tell anyone about this because she's a modern woman from our society and it's just normal to be on birth control. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it's not a big deal to her aside from the fact that, oh, good. Now I can have sex without getting pregnant. And in our society, she is given that agency. Yes. So they get to the Middlelands. Frey tells her she can't come with him to get the relic because it won't be safe 
And so he leaves her there and it's been several days and she's just hanging out in her cabin, teaching Skylar uh, how to read and how to do math. And Kel comes in and says, so we have a problem. Your uncle's men are here and they want to see you. And we tried to put them off and they're like, no, we need to see you. And she's like, well, can't you just tell them that I'm sick? And he says, I tried. And then he said, well, I want to come over onto your boat and make sure she's okay. And Kel's like, <laughs> we don't want them on our boat. <laughs> and Finney's like, okay, so why are you telling me this now instead of hours ago when it started? And Kel goes, we were men and we tried to fix it ourselves and it didn't work. But now it's your problem. You have to solve it now. And so Finney says, okay, fine. Prepare a boat, pick some guys to come with me, and I'll go out and meet him. And so she comes to shore, and her uncle set up, like, all these tents everywhere around shore, and just, like, this big show of opulence and authority. He's got her, like, marched to his tent with all these soldiers that where it's obvious it's just for looks. And into the biggest tent, and there he is. And one of the funny descriptions about him was how he has this uh, breastplate that's, you know, like a military breastplate, but it had to be forged with a rounded belly because he's not fit. And (laughs) I just, I thought it was kind of funny. I mean... Well, it tells you what kind of ruler he is. Yeah, he just, he's very much about show. He wants all the respect from being a ruler, but doesn't maybe want to actually do... The work yeah yeah he doesn't want to do anything and so he's there and her cousin broderick is there and broderick's lover phobin is also there because broderick is gay mm-hmm. apparently that's fine we don't have to worry about broderick having an heir for some reason that is not a concern keep moving <laughs> nothing to see here keep going i kind of wondered about that because we're so worried about finney you know the winter princess having a male child so that someone can succeed her father. Yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. Don't. But Broderick, <laughs> Broderick is in a relationship with another man. And that's totally cool. And no nope. one cares about his prospective heir. Not a concern. Keep <laughs> moving. <laughs> anyway, at this point, we kind of like Broderick a little. You can tell he and COFN are kind of friendly. The uncle wants to know, like, well, why did you come here and not come see me right away? And Finny... Because I'm sick. (laughs) Yeah, Finny pretends to be sick and have a bad, really sore throat. And that gives her man Kel a chance to basically lie for her. Finny and Kel are working their way through it, you know? They've They've basically solved the problem. They're there. Yeah, it's dangerous, but... What else were they going to do? No, they're they're working together. They're they've quote unquote been to battle now. They're they're friends. Yeah, Kel respects her now. He sees that she's a real person and not just a <laughs> sex doll. Yeah, so while they're there, Frey and his guys show up to <laughs> rescue her basically. <laughs> because they got back early and they're like, "Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> they show up to do a job that doesn't need done." Frey kind of falls in with the lie and they leave and go back on their ship. And then Frey has this big confrontation in front of everyone on his ship, like all his men, Kel and Finny, and he rips Finny a new one in front of everyone. Yeah, because he's grumpy pants. She has the tight britches, but he's got the grumpy pants. In front of everyone. Yep. 
he's he's her daddy you know like he has to protect her he's in charge of disciplining her it's just it's it's a thing yeah and kel protects her he's like your woman has yeah he's like your woman has nerves and smarts it was her idea to fake being sick she pulled it off and then Frey is still mad Finny is like you know i understand that you're mad because I put myself in danger. But this is a two-way street here. You want to protect me. I want to protect you. You know, what else was I supposed to do? Sit here and let them storm your ship? Have our other men go interrupt your your venture to get the priceless relic back? You know, like... Yeah, it was a nice assertive moment for her, I thought. Yeah, she's she's like, you know, I would do it again. I would do it again. And this actually makes Skylar like her better. Yay! (laughs) Because Skylar up until this point has been really standoffish with her because he had a crappy mom. And now he realizes that Finny isn't like that at all. I'm not sure exactly what about this moment convinces him. But at any rate, his guard does come down and she's able to like tutor him and they're able to bond. Um, They get to... Hawkvale, I think. Yeah. And they're staying in his place in Hawkvale because Frey has houses in every city and every country. How he rolls or sails. While they're there, Frey is in their room and he discovers he discovers Finney's birth control. Yeah, he he's he smells the was it perneum, the the herb that is used as a birth control in that world. And he is he is not a fan of this. Mm-hmm. He's like, this This will not stand. How dare she not want to bear my child, my, the child, the elven dragon child that I am entitled to. Yeah, he, he's, he doesn't like this. He is super mad. And at first he thinks to himself, well, maybe in her world, it's done differently, you know, because in his world, it's the man's decision whether or not they're going to have kids. Like it's his decision. But then he thinks back, no, she brought up her th- birth control when we first got together and so apparently in her world it's a decision that's meant to be made together and she's been doing this behind my back and he thinks she's hiding it from him he calls his man reuben in to go to the apothecary dispose of the the birth control and purchase Mm -hmm. a placebo basically and reuben is like um are you sure that's a good idea, Frey? Yeah, Ruben sounds like he is in at least a somewhat healthy relationship and kind of goes, uh, Frey, this might this might not go well for you. She may not like this. Perhaps you're overstepping, but Frey does what he wants. Yes. <sighs> so Frey pr- gets a placebo for Finny's birth control. At this point, she doesn't know. So Finny doesn't know. She's stuck there forever. Finny doesn't know. That she's no longer taking birth control. Mm-hmm. And this is all Frey and his secrets. Another thing Finny doesn't know is that the witch Agnes, who is the witch that was communicating with Valentine in her world um, to help transfer her there, has been trying to reach her this whole time. And Frey has intercepted this message. Basically has put Agnes on his payroll. He tells Agnes, tell Valentine, Finney's super happy to stay here. And they've all decided this together okay. and it's all Keep fine. Moving. Don't you dare talk to Finney to verify this. Ugh, just ugh. Part of the message is that 
Seofin is feeling guilty that Finny is dealing with all this stuff, like the death threats and attempts at assassinating her and just all the stuff. And Seofin feels like, you know, I'm better equipped to deal with all this. We need to switch back, but they can't because <laughs> Valentine realizes that something happened and now she can't switch them back. Yeah, which I think that's very nice of Seofin at that point to be like, you know what, maybe I should go back because this is not what she was expecting. Oh, the other thing is Agnes is a seer in addition to being a sorceress and or a witch. And she tells Frey that she sees fire and blood around Finny. And she doesn't know if it's Finny or if it's Seofin. She doesn't know why or how or when, but she sees it and it's impending well, danger. That almost doesn't sound that bad because, I mean, he's a dragon. So fire and blood, well, the elven blood, it doesn't sound that scary. Maybe I'm oversimplifying. <laughs> she does, but I'm just thinking, like, that doesn't, I mean. She makes it sound like it is. Sounds like a day in the day in the life. Frey is like, well, I'll put you on the payroll and you'll protect her behind the scenes. <laughs> we, we just can't upset Finny's world. We just, we need her to just, she and the ship just kind of need to coast along. Don't rock the boat. It's at this point also um, that Finny... They have, they have sex and it's amazing. And Finney tells him that she loves him and he doesn't say anything back and she questions him and he's all, it should be obvious that I love you. Yeah, but your behavior kind of doesn't always suggest that you do. Now they're officially in love. Yay. Or at least one of them is officially in love. <laughs> the other one is officially contented because he's controlling everything or satiated. They head back to her kingdom or her palace um, to see her parents and they get there and realize that the traitors, Viola and the conspirators that she worked with are set to be executed that day or the next day. Everyone in the entire country is there because it's big news. they are super stoked that Frey and Finney's match is a love match. And so it's become like this story that bards tell. They haven't been together that long. I guess the bards have been doing some quick work. They've been busy. And so not only are they mad that there are these traitors to Lunwin, but they're also mad because, you know, these people wish to harm Finny and Frey's perfect happiness. You know. How dare they? So rude. And as they go through the streets, they get called the dragon and the ice. Apparently her moniker is the ice now. It's just too cool for her. She's not nearly as cool as the ice. It's just... <laughs> she isn't. I'm sorry. She's not. Maybe the other Seofen kind of was because she could do things. She does try. To be fair, Finny does things. Finny, she grasps every she, opportunity she is she afforded does. with both hands and lives her life to the fullest as much as she can i just wish the writer would actually let her you know have more <sighs> success control whatever it is because that's agency agency yeah respect <laughs> and any of pick one seriously just pick one you know it, it's not that finney doesn't try <laughs> she does and i commend yeah. her for for trying as much as she does but it's sort of like you want to pat her on the head going oh that's cute but it's it's literally pointless. They tell her, her parents tell her that 
since she's there, she has to be there for the execution. It's expected. And they all treat it like it's this big deal. Which in a time period similar to that, whenever this is supposed to actually take place, yeah, they would be public events. I mean, it's not unreasonable. Yeah, but they treat it like it's this big deal, like she can't handle it or something. She's this little wilting flower. It would be shocking. And I mean, she is kind of... I mean, we're not used to seeing that kind of thing. Yeah, she is kind of that way because she's not used to Which it. Is but they don't really give her nice. any credit at all. And bolstering. She goes to the execution, and while the condemned are being brought up to the gallows, um, they start getting pelted with snowballs that are filled with things like rocks and stuff, and start getting overtaken by the crowd. And Finny screams. She stands up and she's like, stop this, stop this. And the whole crowd stops and they watch her, and she gives this very inspiring speech about how you know, we need to have mercy. They are doing, they, they are getting what they deserve. They will hang for their crimes, but we need to treat them with respect as they face death. Yeah, it's a nice moment for her, I think. It's really powerful. The crowd does. They calm down and they let the condemned get hanged. Yeah, you kind of get the impression that Viola still, maybe she's, she thanks Finney a little bit for the speech, but she still doesn't like her, which at that point is kind of fair. Yeah, well, I mean, Viola is now getting hanged over this. Yep. <laughs> she got tortured and hanged. All because Frey had to give her the good lovins. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And we do have Frey feel a little guilty over <laughs> it, but Finney talks him out of it. She's all, no, you shouldn't feel guilty over it. <sighs> Finney proceeds with her training. She's moved up with her archery. She's moved up with sword play and all sorts of stuff. She's training with Skylar now because he also needs to learn these things because he's, a, you know, he's going to be a man. So he needs to know these things. He's going to be a raider when he grows yeah. up. But they're training together and Frey is watching her and having these thoughts like, yeah, well, soon she'll be pregnant and have to settle down. Yeah, he doesn't want her out there adventuring, like, at all. He's happily thinking, like, well, soon she'll be pregnant with my child, and therefore we can put her in a house somewhere, and she can be safe and away from danger, and then I can just stop in when I feel like it. Yes, yes. And while um, Finney is out there doing her training, uh, phrase mom and cousin show up and pay a visit and Frey gets called into this visit with queen aurora and valeria and franca they tell him that baldur went away to the southlands with thirty thousand men and left the middlelands open to attack there they discover like basically this whole plot to kill finney has been about reuniting uh lunwin with the middlelands which we kind of already knew, because without her and without an heir, I mean. And Valeria says, who outside of Baldur would gain the most from your new bride being dead? And Frey realizes it would be Broderick. And they all kind of realize that Broderick dun, dun, dun. is behind everything. Broderick and Phoban discovered that their relic had been taken away <laughs> also. <laughs> So we're looking at impending war. Yay. Later, Frey gets another message from the elves and lets Finny come with him this time and meet the speaker of the elves. Um, before Finny gets to meet him, he like 
brings her through the elf mist and sets her like at the edge of everything and goes and talks to the speaker of the elves. He gets something that looks like really good news. He's super happy. He smiles and everything. And then he calls Finny over and introduces his introduces her because of course he's got to know everything before she does she doesn't get to know anything not even about her own body and the elf is super nice to her and everything and wishes her joy and all this and then they leave and she's like well what is all that about and Frey's like the message of the elves is that you're carrying my child and she's like wait what i was on birth control and (laughs) yeah yeah, but she thinks the birth control failed. She's like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. But I was planning to stay anyway, you know? At this point, you know, she's fallen in love with him. She's kind of planned in the back of her head. She's going to talk to Valentine and Siofen and switch yeah. permanently. You know, she's made this decision. And now the pregnancy has kind of forced it. And she's kind of upset about it because... She wants to be able to go back home and say goodbye to people, but she doesn't think Frey would let her because she's pregnant. And she's right. I mean, one way or another, even if he hadn't forbid her literally with magic to be able to travel back, there's no way he'd let her risk it, especially after he, you know, gave her a lecture. How dare you actually take a trip here in the first place? How dare you? Yes. Later... <laughs> Valentine I love her. shows up. Finny is alone. She has this meeting with Valentine. Finny's like, Oh, it's so cool that you're able to be here, Valentine. And Valentine's <laughs> like, Yeah, um, actually, I have some bad news for you. And so Valentine spills the tea. She tells Finny, I've been waiting for Frey to come clean and let you know all this stuff, but actually, you've been bound to this land since you got here because of Frey. You don't have birth control, and the reason you're pregnant is because of Frey. Yeah, all of his secrets that he was carefully guarding, Valentine just goes, whoops, here you go, spills all the secrets all over the place. And of course, Finney's- Spills the tea. Yeah, Finney's, you know, understandably upset and angry and furious and hurt and all of the things you would expect her to be, and she wants to go rip him a new one. She runs outside and does. She finds him- And just rips into him. And she's really mean to him. But he deserves it. He continued to lie for his own benefit for months, maybe? But as she's yelling at him, he gets shot with an arrow. And he gets shot with multiple arrows. And she thinks he's dead. And then she gets hit over the head and taken away. Oh no, Frey's dead. Let's cry. When she wakes up, she's in a room with Valentine and Lavinia, who's a witch also. And... They tell her that Frey is dead. All the Adela trees have been burned to the ground, and that's the way the elves are able to come to their realm. Aurora, the queen, was kidnapped, and her father, Atticus, has been killed. Oh no, she lost a parent again. Oh no. The parent that probably liked Siofen a little bit better. Oh no. So she just gets all this bad news. All Both witches are also um, under some kind of binding that prevents them from using their magic so they're captive with her broderick comes in and he's like she's a princess she should not be treated like this why is she being treated like this and phobin is like um she's a (laughs) prisoner (laughs) oh you're pretty just be quiet you know (laughs) 
But Broderick's like, no, she needs to be treated better. And so he arranges for her to get cleaned up and then come meet with him. Um, the whole time she's getting cleaned up, she's like recounting all these things to herself. Like the last words I said to Frey were horrible words. And now I can't do anything about it because he's dead. And my father is dead again. And my mother is captured. And yep. everything's my fault. Boohoo. And she gets brought into the room with Broderick and Phobin and confirms that that's true. That, you know, Frey is dead. Atticus is dead. Aurora is captive. And she says, you killed my husband. And he's like, yeah, I was going to exile him, but Phobin and I talked about it and decided that that really wouldn't work because he's the Drakkar. Because <laughs> he's got like all this freaking power and it's a little intimidating for those of us that don't have it. Yeah. So as much as I was happy that you guys were in love and together, I had to kill him. And he was apparently behind all the other attacks. So the attack in the town was actually meant to kill Frey and she was meant to be kidnapped. He says the poison wasn't him, but related to this. And she asks Broderick, do you love Phobin? <laughs> Uh-oh. And he's like, um, like he won't answer it directly. <laughs> Travel in paradise. Finny has kept a knife from the dinner that she had with Broderick and she like leaps forward and slams a knife into Phobin's <laughs> jugular and slits his throat. Go Finny. And then she has a really fun line. You know me. It pained me to do that. But you see, I could not fight you both and bind you both. So one of you had to be neutralized. <laughs> That's cold. <laughs> I love it. She stabs Broderick also because he tries to fight back, but she doesn't give him a killing stroke. Um, she does tell him, though, that she's pregnant with Frey's child. Then some soldiers show up and she realizes that they're Frey's men. <laughs> and they're like, um, Finny, do you think we could rescue you now instead of chatting in the wounded king's bedroom with his murdered lover still bleeding out on the carpet? <laughs> Please, Finny. One of the other guys goes up to Broderick and just like guts him literally with his sword. And like, <laughs> yeah, raiders roll. We don't leave jobs undone. Ouch. So it turns out... um, Lunwin is just at war at this point. Um, Agnes has been killed, Aww, who's the Agnes. witch that helped bring Finny there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Valentine and Lavinia are helping Finny like tend to wounded people. Finny gets brought into, I guess, kind of like a war room discussion with um, Apollo, who is Frey's cousin. Yes. I think so. There's a connection. I, think... I forget what it is. But yeah, they're they're connected in some way. Apollo is super angsty because he lost his wife and has never gotten over it. And so Finny kind of relates to him. And so they have a interesting friendship because of this shared experience. And Apollo is super kind to her. Um, he tells her that that they should get married so he can protect her and raise her child as his and protect the child and you know if at some point she wants to they could have kids together but if not that's fine and he's like i know this is too soon i just wanted to let you know that you have options if you want just a little too soon yeah but it comes off nice 
in a way, because he's like, I'm just giving you options. It does. It, it was certainly one of the nicer overtures yeah. than Frey ever made to her. They get attacked. Um, we find out that Valentine and Lavinia, again, have their magic bound. They're rushing out to escape because right now they're just trying to protect the baby inside Finny. All of a sudden, Finny gets, like, planted to the ground. Like, she's not able to move. And she tells Lavinia and Valentine, go without me, go without me. And then all of a sudden, you see dragons. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And she starts going, I'm going to die. Like, they're going to kill me. I can't stop this. And she's thinking in her head. She says out loud, I'm coming for you, my love. And then Frey says, no, I've come for you. And the dragons, he stands in front of her and the dragons just blow fire over everything. And Frey's immune to it. So his body shields her from the blast. But everything behind her is just carnage now. And we learn that when Frey got shot multiple times with arrows, the elves sensed his injuries and took him back to the elf realm and healed him. But it took a while. Yeah, the relic that they got from Broderick and Phoban is an Adela staff, and they're able to use the staff to go to the elf realm. Now yeah. he's got a cool staff. Um, and then we just basically have a lot of closing. The father, Atticus, gets a funeral. Alyssa, one of her handmaidens, got killed. She gets a funeral. Bye, yeah. Alyssa. Um, Frey is like, yeah, I still don't want to be king, but... Aurora is going to rule the land until <laughs> my kid is old enough to rule the land. So women can be in power. Yay! And Frey also removes his father as the head of his house and puts his brother in charge instead. And Lavinia goes off and replants Adela trees and they're growing again. So yay. yay! And Valentine brings Claudia to visit Finny, who's her Claudia remembers her best friend from before. <laughs> yes, which at that point at the book, you're just like, who are you again? Yeah. And then... Because Finny didn't yeah. miss her at all. And then at the very, very end, Apollo pays Valentine to bring back his dead wife's twin from Finny's world. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. The end. <laughs> so, what did you think? I really... I. When I initially chose this book to read, I had maybe too high of expectations. <laughs> In what way? I was thinking like fantasy. So I thought the world would be more built out. Mm-hmm. And I I just found it difficult to root for the characters of Frey and Finny. Mm-hmm. And then certain things with the language that was used in the book just created a language nerve or something. Like the perpetual use of like words like we in art yeah i don't know just and i think it may have been different if i was reading it versus doing an audiobook version Mm. um but as it was as it was i just heard those and was like oh i think some of the language choices like how finney was constantly going oh that's super awesome oh this is amazing oh this is kick-ass i mean 
part of it. Yeah. And there was a lot of descrip- description, like the kick-ass clothes. Because so there's lots of descriptions of like the clothes and the furniture and whatever they were eating. And I'm just like, what else about the world? I mean, part of it appeals to Finney's adventurous spirit. She's a very adventurous person. She's very much the type of person with the philosophy, I'm always going to look forward, never back. Yeah, but she's clearly is looking back because the whole reason she goes there or predominantly is to see people who look like her folks again yeah she's not over the past and influences a lot of what she chooses to do in the in the future of the book that's true how was the audiobook version i liked a lot of it um tilly hooper was the narrator of the audiobook and i think she did a really good job i think she captured finney really well i don't necessarily feel like frey was the way she narrated his his parts were probably to put him in the his best advantage or to his best advantage. I just, I had a hard time liking that character at all. Mm-hmm. But she, I think she portrayed Finny very well. I really liked her portrayal of Valentine. I think she did a good job of, of acting out the characters. So overall, I was pretty pleased with it. She um, is the narrator for the rest of the series, too. Okay. I read the book twice, and the first time I read it, I really disliked Frey. And the second time I read it, I kind of read it with the lens of this is his society. So I'm judging him by my standards, not his society standards. And so I tried to kind of give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but the world in general um, is pretty misogynistic. And in a lot of ways, it's not very different from our own. No. Particularly historical time periods of our own. Right. So it's... And, and you could tell, like, there were times it really grated on Finny, um, but at the same time... She also, I think, tried to look at it through the lens of, well, this is what he knows. This is how the world works here. Like when she learns that, you know, sex is treated more lightly in Lunwin, she tries to digest that and like color like her her perception. You know, when her mother tells her, you know, well, keep your husband happy and he'll... <laughs> And he'll, you know, be faithful. She, she takes that in, you know, she's like, well, I don't agree with it, but this is how things are here. And she's, I mean, she's basically getting this advice from her dead, quote unquote, mother, you know, like, yeah, not dead, not her mother, but yeah, it, of course, she's going to just acquiesce. And this moment really paints Queen Aurora in a bad light because She's probably my favorite character in this book. Oh, okay. She is badass. She has a super dry sense of humor. Yeah. She's super regal. She knows how to play the game. She's very politically minded. Yeah. She's just a kick-ass, awesome character. And so the fact that she tells, you know, her daughter this, she's just telling her, like, this is how it is. And you need to learn how to work within the system. But I wonder, I wonder if she is telling her daughter that. She says Finny is the daughter she never had. Because Sioa Finn is 
the daughter that the dad was super close to. Well, maybe it was her trying to be as delivering her hard advice in as gentle a way as possible. But yeah, it's it. You're right. It doesn't paint her in a very good light. And she is one of the better characters in that series. Her, I think her, Franca and Valentine are some of the better characters in the series. Not the series, but in that book. Yeah. Because they don't all come back in the series. They don't all come back. But Aurora is is awesome and she totally deserves to rule Lunwin. Yeah. And I was very happy that that's how it ended up, even though it was basically just Frey telling people, yep, this is how it's going to be now. And if you don't like it, my dragons will take care of you. Exactly. <laughs> so are you happy for their happy? I'm happy I don't have to read it again. <laughs> I was, I grudgingly accepted their happiness the first time around because it was just like, well, this is the end. You kind of knew that something like this was going to be the end. And the second time around, I think uh, I really did try to, especially in the beginning, help Frey out, you know, in my mind to paint him in a better light. But I just, I can't get over certain aspects of his character and some of the things that he does where it's just... I don't I don't understand why he had to keep those things secret. Maybe if I understood better, I could rationalize or I don't know, like him better. He doesn't even understand why he keeps them secret. And and that's I think that's part of the problem. It's like if if you had if he had a good reason, like we have to keep these things secret from Finny because oh, I don't know. It could endanger her in some way or endanger the kingdom or his beloved dragons or or some reason rather than just like, no, I just don't want to tell you. Sort of like, well, that that's not good enough. No. If you know, I, I understand not not knowing why you're doing things. A character cannot understand why they're doing things all the time, but they especially if those actions are detrimental to themselves and another character, I think they have to have a moment where they're like, Oh you know, to so that the character and the reader can kind of work through that but that wasn't provided so in the end i'm just like all right you're just a dragon who hoards information and you don't have a reason so that's nice there is a point at the end where he talks it out with finney to a point and finney wants to she wants to rug sweep it all yeah which i don't like no and frey says no you'll resent me if we don't talk about this but Finny is willing to just let it all go because, oh, he died, though. <laughs> I feel guilty. Yeah. And Finny is frustrating because of, of reasons for that. You know, it's just where where is this independent woman, if she ever was, that I presumed she was at the beginning of the series that had those things taken away from her and then had to adjust to a very different life. But no, Finny just kind of is like, no, no, it's fine. We'll just leave it alone. It's fine. Just except for that dead deer. You have to take that out because I'm not dealing with that. But everything else you can just leave where it is. It's fine. And they kind of address it lightly. Yeah, certainly not to any level of satisfaction. No, I didn't feel satisfied with that either. I didn't feel like there was enough closure. So were you happy for their happy? Do you feel that they're a healthy relationship? Did they earn <laughs> their happily ever after? <laughs> I... It's tricky when the tables are turned, isn't it? Yeah, it is tricky. 
I enjoyed the relationship, like the battle of wills and that type of thing. I didn't really care for Frey, but I also really didn't take his threats too seriously because it's a romance book and I knew he wasn't going (laughs) to hurt her. Like, really? Yeah, I I didn't take it seriously either. However, in the beginning of the book, she's she's so afraid of him. I mean, yeah, she's legitimately scared. Ashley of him. goes to quite an extent to paint him as a very fearsome figure. So it's sort of like she's she Finny is very afraid of him, and therefore, you know, even though you know he's not really going to hurt her, or at least not beyond the ability of her to be able to forgive. I think there was a lot of work put in between the two of them. There was a lot of getting to know you, especially after he learns that Finny isn't really Siawafin. So he, I mean, he starts out treating her like complete crap, but he thinks she's Siawafin and he thinks she can take care of herself because of Siawafin's reputation. Of being awesome. Yeah. And then when he spends a little bit more time with her, he's like, I don't know who you are. I don't know if you're a Seofin. I don't know if you're a changeling. I don't know what happened. But then when the elves tell him who Finny is, his whole perspective changes. Like he trusts her now and it has reset the relationship for him. And he actually starts trying. So while he's not, you know, a modern man of our world and he doesn't believe in equal rights, And things like that, I think. Or sharing information. Yeah, I think that he does try. I think within the confines of his society, he tries pretty hard. Is it enough? Yeah, and even within that society, you have, what was it, Ruben, who was like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. No, no, he's still going to do it. Or the elves, hey, maybe you don't want to do this. No, no, he's still going to. So clearly in the society, there is an alternative behavior two phrase he just elects to do that (laughs) but you have to also take into consideration his background because he was raised by Eirik until he was 13 (laughs) and then when his grandmother died who was the only good person in his family he set out on his own and forsake his family and joined up with Kel. Yeah, he'd never been given a gift before. So when Finny gives him the little dragon figurine, yeah. emotionally moved, but of course it's emotionally moved to sleeping with her. He goes from Eirik to Kel, who Kel yeah. is a total misogynist. Yes. And that's who taught him how to be a man, basically. <laughs> be a so man. while, you know, he does get questioned on some of his choices, I mean... I mean, he does, he does need to take responsibility for his actions. And I don't think he takes enough responsibility. But I do think that he really tries, especially once he starts to trust her. And I think that their relationship grows. They grow together. Yeah. And I think at the end of the story, they have earned their happiness. Aw, you're nice. Yeah. <laughs> so let's rate them. <laughs> oh, yes, let's. On a scale of awesome to awful, how do you rate Finny? Finny? Mm. Yes. I honestly thought that was going to go a different way. Awful. (laughs) I just... Finny's awful? I don't know. It was just... I think it would... Honestly, I think I would have rated her higher had I not had to read the book again. 
mm. and sort of think about her more. Um, so probably uh, I wouldn't have put her at awesome. I guess if I guess that's the trick. The tricky thing is I would not label her as awesome. I don't necessarily think she's awful. There's a lot of aspects to her character that made me just kind of go, ugh, disappointing. Yeah, I think that's what it is. What about you? I think for me, she does. She definitely falls like kind of middle of the road. There are things about her I really like. I really like her adventurous spirit. I really like how kind she is. She is very kind. I really like how resourceful she is. Um, how she just takes what life hands her and figures it out. You know, I really like that aspect of her. I think she'd be a cool friend. She did seem really young for 30. Yeah. I thought that maybe she was a little too forgiving with the way she was treated by, well, anyone really, but especially Frey. But at the same time, I liked her pretty well, you know? So she's kind of like middle of the road, but maybe leaning toward awesome. Okay. What do you think about Frey? Awesome or awful? (laughs) Oh, we know this is coming. Awful. No big surprise. (laughs) I just... Again, I think if if all of the secret keeping could be explained in some way other than just he wants to, then Mm -hmm. perhaps that rating could be boosted up. But he doesn't do anything in the story, really, apart apart from when he initially changes because he realizes, oh, she's not Siofin. I should treat her differently because she doesn't know these things. I think that's the biggest change you he goes through in the story after that no change no development or anything and yeah he sort of wants to be held accountable at the end and she doesn't want to put in the work to do that which that's her choice but yeah no awful what about you i agree that he didn't really change or grow throughout the story i would even say that his change of mind about how he treats Finny once he learns that's who she is. I think that's just his personality. I don't think that was a change. I think he was just like, mm. oh, I can trust her. I will treat her like someone I can trust, you know? Yeah. Um, There were lots of things about him that I really liked. I liked uh, his relationship with his men, even though they had rapey conversations. You know, you could tell they yeah. had a good camaraderie. I like yes, him and all of the names that are his men. Yes. There's so many characters. I couldn't keep track of it. Yes. I liked how he was really sweet with Finny when he was sweet with her. Um, I liked that he took the time to like explain all the different things about the world to her under the guise of reminding her. He could have told her at that point. Hey, yeah, I know that you're not really. Finny doesn't catch on. Like that was the, it's like, I would think at some point, after like the at least the third time he done like you know that this is how it is i'd be like he's gotta know no nobody would do that (laughs) and while he's constantly like well i could take you if i wanted you know i'll have sex with you if i want to or whatever he doesn't actually do anything that she doesn't want that's true like as far as sex goes that is true so all the sex between him and her is consensual he talks a big talk but he doesn't act on it And the sex is good. Like the sexy parts of the book were good, I thought. So I wouldn't say he's completely awful. You're you're more forgiving than I am. In fact, I kind (laughs) of wonder, well, again, 
I mean, if he, if I were in a relationship with Frey, I would think he was awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but again, I'm thinking, is it right for us to judge him by our standards? He, his world has its own standards. And so I, I tried and sometimes succeeded to think about it from his perspective. You know, he's used to being the biggest, baddest dude in the land. He's used to saying jump and people just bow to his whim and say, yes, oh, he, yes, how He high. is the writer god's favored child. Yeah, the only person who questions him is Finny, really. And the only reason she does is because she doesn't know better. <laughs> oh, God, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> she just doesn't know that she just shouldn't question him. It's true, though, because... yeah. I know. Just... Because if she had if she had grown up in his world, she would know all about the lore. She would know about the fray. She would know about the Drakkar. She would know what a big bad badass he is. And she would be scared of him like she is, but for good reason. As opposed to just he looks scary. She would be like, dude, this guy could burn up my entire world. Literally. With dragons. Well, she does say like in the, the wedding in the beginning, like, Oh my gosh, he looks like he wants to break me in half. And I think it's thoughts like that. And I'm like, and you're not trying to escape the wedding chapel. Why? She just accepts his actions. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like, well, if Finny is cool with it, then I guess that's fine. Yeah, she's she's fine with it. So by the standards of the story, it's fine. And so I, I would say he's also middle of the road. Okay. So what about, um, so let's rate the antagonist or villain of the story. Who, who do you see as being the antagonist and villain and how would you rate them from <laughs> awesome to awful? So I kind of picked out several antagonists. Uh, there was Baldur, who's the nasty uncle. There's Broderick, her cousin, Phoben, the cousin's lover. And then there's Viola, who I just kind of feel <laughs> sorry for, but... I think Finny views her as an antagonist. Yeah. There's also like some other tangential characters like Frey's parents who are just total a-holes. Yeah. Um, But I would say in this case, probably the main antagonist would be Broderick because he's the one behind all the plots. He is. And I would rate him pretty awful because he wasn't written very well. There wasn't a lot to him. No, he's kind of just saved at the end. And then all of a sudden it's like bad guy time, which is sort of why I feel like if I had to rate an antagonist through the entire series, I would I would put Frey on that list because mm. he is more in opposition to Finny, who's, you know, I, I would see as the hero or heroine than uh, Broderick is. Yes. And we... I think he's very awesome at being an antagonist. Frey is. There you go. There's your awesome for Frey. <laughs> he's very uh, good at being antagonistic. Poor Frey. <laughs> uh, he'd be in jail if he was I in our world. I hope he would be in jail. So how do you rate the book on a whole from one to five stars? I considered how much I enjoyed the parts that I enjoyed and considered whether I would reread it and all of that. And I think... I feel like I gave it a very generous two stars. All right. <laughs> like I was I was also thinking back to the first time I read it, like where where that would have been. Cause I wasn't intending to reread it <laughs> I, after I was done with it the first time. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of trying to 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 write it right. a little bit. Or correct it, I should say, not write it a little bit. So yeah, I would say very generous two stars. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> okay. 
I rated it three stars. Ooh. I feel it was pretty middle of the road. Um, I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed reading it the first time. I enjoyed reading it the second time, which I was a little concerned about because I tried rereading uh, books from our prior episodes and I was like, oh, I read this too soon. Like, Aww. it hasn't been long enough. But this one I reread and I was like, yeah, this is actually pretty good. And I really appreciated a lot of the details that the author put in. I think that the author did spend a lot of time on clothing and stuff like that. But at the same time, it brought some flavor to the world, especially because she spent so much time on clothing. We noted like the clothes change from, you know, country to country that she goes to or town to town. And so you kind of get like a little bit of flavor, like the type of people that live there and what they wear and how they look. And I'm not going to lie. I think my brain kind of turned off a little bit during those times. The shops that they have and things like that. So I appreciated the level of detail there. It did feel a little bit like we were like, now we're in this country. Now we're in this country. Now we're in this country. (laughs) (laughs) So it almost felt a little bit like Star Wars to me in that way. You know how, you know, there's a big title screen and it zooms in on a planet. It's like, now we're in, you know, this planet and something happens and then it zooms in on another planet and it tells you what that planet's called. Don't get too attached. They'll blow it up. (laughs) Yeah, it felt kind of like that to me in a way. But I liked that. And I also liked how she developed the the relationships between Finny and the other characters. It wasn't just about Finny and Frey. It was about Finny and meeting her her other parents. It was about Finny and her handmaidens. It was about Finny and Skylar and Finny and the crew. And so there was a lot of relationship stuff, you know, that was really meaty. And most of the people in the book that we were able to spend a lot of time with at least felt real. Like they felt like real people. So three stars for me. Yay! Yay! Now, the ever-important, do you feel romance? (laughs) I didn't feel romanced. I liked... I I think that Finny felt romance. Yes. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And I liked that for her. I liked the sexy bits. I thought they were sexy. But I just can't, like... I didn't want to be Finny. No. Like, I don't want to be in that <laughs> position. Like, if I got transported to an alternate world, you know, and had to deal with someone like Frey, I'd probably be, like, calling up Valentine. Can you please send me back? <laughs> you know there's magic in that world. You'd be trying to find some witch. <laughs> Take me home. I'm not adventurous the way Finny is either. I'm very boring. I don't know that I would change worlds in the first place. <laughs> I mean, you don't necessarily have to view it that way. You could just say, take a trip to a different country, like view it in that way. Because it'd be a culture shock. It'd be different. True. Depending on. True. I think that even though I tried reading the book to look at things the way Finney would look at them and view things through the lens of, you know, the society in which Frey grew up, I just, I don't want to be with that kind of guy. Yeah. What about you? Did you feel romance? Nope. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, that's exactly how I have it in my notes. Or or romantic off. Nope. (laughs) Period. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm so happy that Finny enjoyed her journey, but at no point did was I like, 
did I identify with Finny? There wasn't that connection. And I found Frey mm-hmm. repellent most of the time. So, yes. no, I mean, I certainly didn't feel that. I'm glad Finny enjoyed the experience and the experiences that she had. Good for her. Go, girl. But, yeah, no. <laughs> I just, the, the whole time, I'm just like, but, but, oh, I... I want to be somewhere else. <laughs> like, can... Yeah. No. Do you think the story had a satisfying ever after? I think it came to a logical conclusion. I think the... You know, apart from the, the romance elements, dealing with the the threat and the danger and, and all of that with Balder and Broderick and Broderick's boyfriend, I can't remember his name. Phobin. Um, Phobin. I think all of that stuff wasn't left me wanting. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like in the romance area I was left wanting because I felt like, honestly, I'd had enough of those two characters together. <laughs> I was sort of hoping other things would happen. You know, when Frey's like, I'm going to go off an adventure. And I'm like, excellent. There'll be an adventure. Nope, she's got to stay on the ship. Okay. <laughs> Or, I'm going to go have this fun thing to do. Nope, nope, she's got to stay there. All righty. Or the threat of him leaving. You know, oh no, don't leave me. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the, that's just not my cup of tea, I guess. Right. Um, But as far as it being satisfying, I think it, it concluded okay. You know, the, even when it came to the, the interaction between... Frey and Finny at the end where he's like no no I I want to to talk about this this other stuff and she's like no no rug sweepy which mm-hmm. did not feel satisfying so I think it was just sort of like no no the book needs to end now <laughs> we can't we can't have this heartfelt conversation and risk Finny getting upset and something happen that might prolong the story it just kind of needs to end so say goodnight Gracie the author's like and I'm done exactly <laughs> <laughs> Were you romantic'd off um, about any element? I think the biggest thing that bothered me is what you just mentioned, how Finney was just willing to rug sweep everything. I feel like for them to really have a healthy, good relationship, they really needed to have a lot more closure than they yeah. did. So maybe we needed another 30 pages or so so that something could happen so they could have that closure. Yeah, no, I agree. Or, or I don't know, when she was really angry, maybe not fill him full of arrows at that particular moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe instead of him, you know, almost dying, they could have had a little bit more conversation. Which is sort of traumatic for her, because I think she was, what, in the car when her parents died, so... She, um, I think really she kind of maybe has PTSD, you know? She's like, I came out... And I yelled at you, and then bad stuff happened to you. It's my fault. Yeah. Which, who knows? I mean, she was 15. Maybe she yelled at her parents. I mean, something like that could have been interesting for the story, too. Just maybe she had yelled at her parents, and then they died. So true. that would show why she would shy away so much from that. Right. But as it is, she just... Him dying made her realize that she loved him anyway. I guess that's what we're supposed to get from it. Oh, not her PTSD, potentially? (laughs) She realized that even though he did these horrible things, she still loved him anyway. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) So, 
What else are you reading? Well, I will be reading Ready Player One by Ernest Klein in audiobook, nice. which I've actually read uh, the hard copy or the printed book. Um, the audiobook is narrated by Will Wheaton. And so... Oh, cool. Yeah. For, for those that don't know, since it was turned into a movie, uh, Wade Watts goes on a quest to solve puzzles left by Oasis reality creator Halliday in order to gain wealth and power. Of course, danger, hijinks, a little bit of romance ensues. Um, and there's just so much nostalgia. <laughs> yes. With pop culture references and things like that. It is a good time. I'm refreshing my brain a little bit with that story because next month in November or later at the end of November, um, Ready Player Two, the audiobook, also narrated by Will Wheaton, will be out. Okay, so you're prepping. I'm prepping, basically. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have the good. time to to reread the printed book. Plus, when I first read it, I enjoyed it so much. I devoured it. It had been a long time since I just ravenously read through a book that maybe I was due. I don't know. It was wonderful. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that Ready Player Two will be just as good. Um, but who knows? Because it's so tricky with, with a series. Yes. But what about you? What are you partaking in? So I'm reading An Easy Death by Charlene Harris. And for those who don't know, Charlene Harris is the author of the Sookie Stackhouse uh, Southern Vampire novels. And the those were the inspiration for the show True Blood. This story um, takes place in an alternate timeline in the 1930s in America, mm. where magic is real, the Old West persists, Ooh. and a hired gun named Lisbeth Rose is tasked with helping two Russian wizards find a direct descendant of Rasputin. Hmm. And it's a really good book. I'm really enjoying the alternate America. It's pretty gritty. Okay. Um, but the character of Lisbeth is really good. Nice. I may have to. Oh, no. I may have to add that to my list. Oh, well, God. you like Charlene Harris. I do, like which book. is why I have to add it to the list. The list is already so long. Oh, my God. And it's the first. It will be the first of a series. It's a new book, but. Yeah, apparently there will be more. Oh my gosh, what was that book series that I really liked that I I don't know if she ever properly finished. It wasn't the Lily Bard book. She didn't with the ghost reader person. Yes, let me look that up real quick. Um is is Elizabeth is it Lizbeth or Elizabeth? Lizbeth. Lizbeth. Is she similar in awesomeness to the character from that other series that I will look up because I can't remember? Dang it. She's a completely different type of character. Okay. That's the Good. thing I really like about Charlene Harris. Every heroine in her series are different. Yeah, and some take a little longer to adjust and like. I know it took me a while to, to like Sookie Stackhouse. And some, mm -hmm. but I did. Lisbeth, Lisbeth is young. She's like 19. Harper Connell. She's a total badass gunslinger. She works on this crew with a bunch of other gunslingers. They're basically mercenaries that get hired to protect people. And she's just awesome. Yay! Oh, I <laughs> uh, she's also awesome pretty characters. sarcastic. Like she's, a lot of it is like in her head, like internalized, but there's a nice sarcastic bent to her character too. Nice. 
the character I was trying to think of mm. was Harper Connolly. Yes. Oh, those books were good. From, was it the Grave Secret series? What was that series called? Oh, no, that, that was the first book in the series. That was a good series. Yeah, Grave Sight was the first book. And she only did four. Charlene Harris, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, but if you are, <laughs> please write more. Write more Harper Connolly, please. I loved her so much. We need more. That was a we love her. That was a good series. And then it just <laughs> stopped. I may have to go reread yeah. those because I did enjoy them. Alright. So I guess that's it. Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads list. Join us next time when we discuss The Golden Dynasty by Kristen Ashley. Bye! Bye.